Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Welcome to the first edition of Your Brand Amplified. I'm your host, Annika Jackson, and I'm here with one of my PR sisters, the one and only Natasha Dressler. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. So it's so funny because um, this is what we do for a living. We usually get our clients on lots of media, but I know you and I are both extroverts and not afraid to make our opinions heard and to speak out. But for some reason, I'm nervous doing this podcast. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I think it's like that. It's like your baby. It's your first one. And then also it's being like a subject expert. I like, I can go on other people's shows and be fine. But when I like host my own Instagram lives and Facebook lives, I totally get nervous still. <laughs> I'm like, why, why? I'm talking to usually just mostly my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and about something that you actually are an expert in. So. Right. And then I'm always like, wait, what if someone asked me something and caught off guard? Oh no. And I mean, <laughs> like you, I have a background in writing. So my background's in journalism. So I love interviewing people and I love talking, but sometimes I get so in my head about it. It's, I think that imposter syndrome we all suffer from sometimes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, I definitely, definitely. And that's, I think, part of the journey. I'd love to, I want you to tell about your story. Um, and that's actually our first question is the importance of story. What is your story? How did you get into PR? So I always say, I think I was born to be a publicist because I would find somebody or something or a business that I loved and I would tell the world. And I was like, automatically that they joke around like my group of friends and call me a hype woman. But um, I was always that person and I would promote like my friends, like brands and, you know, all of these things. And then when I was going to school, I'm like, I love to write. I wanted to be like the next Barbara Walters. I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. And I just realized through all of my years in corporate and having a marketing background and having a journalism background, like PR came so naturally to me Mm -hmm. and networking and making connections. So I'd always done bits here and there. And then I would stay full fledged, just focusing solely on PR with very little marketing um, you know, I guess on the side would be the last year, year and a half, two, maybe two years. Um, I always had roles that I wore lots of hats. So if it was PR, it was buried with marketing and community management and, you know, writing, copy editing, all of those things. And it just didn't serve me. And I realized that, yeah, I'm a great marketer and I'm a great writer, but I love and that's where I'm really meant to be. I love that. I love that. It's, yeah, I have a similar background. I started out promoting, I always loved getting people together and getting people in the same place to talk about something cool that was going on or DJs, nightclubs, events, promoting charities. Yeah. And then it just, I did go into marketing and events and I realized same. I was like, but I really love PR. <laughs> and for a long time, I didn't do it, even though I had a background in it, because I felt like when I moved to another city, imposter syndrome, which we were talking a little bit about before we started taping today. Um, 
just there were so many other people who called themselves publicists, and some of them were great, and some of them were not. Most of them were very hyper-local, just focusing on that market. And um, I didn't want to be lumped into that. And I also didn't want them to think, well, she just moved into this town, so why does she think she can be a publicist or take, you know, take away the clients that we have or whatever? And now that I'm back in L.A., I don't have any of that feeling. <laughs> I just feel like there's so much, there's enough for everybody, and there's so many different types of clients and publicists and, and ways to approach it. Right. I am. I, I so feel you on that. I was, I felt like I had to say PR and marketing because those who knew me always knew me as a strategic marketer, knew me as a journalist, and they always knew that I had the PR side, but I never called myself just a straight publicist. And I had a client a while ago, and they said to me, <laughs> you realize you're a publicist, right? Like you do everything a publicist does. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm just, I just don't know if I'm okay with calling myself one. And I think it was like the fear of rejection from, you know, women who'd been in it for you know, 18, mm -hmm. 20 plus years and you're the newcomer on the block. But then I kind of sat down with myself and thought, you know, I sit here and I've been everybody's hype woman. I've contacted the media for former companies. I've written press releases. I've done all of this. Like I've technically been in PR for a very long time. Right? So <laughs> I, if, if I don't have that glorified title, I always said this in my corporate life too when I worked corporate America, you can call me the janitor, but if I'm happy, I'm happy in my role. So I don't care what you call me. And, you know, in the corporate life, they make up roles all the time. But, you know, I feel like now I've like found my niche. I found my home and this is what I love to do. I still give clients like marketing advice here and there. But for me, I really feel like I'm thriving on the publisher side. I love that. I love that. And that's actually leads really well into my next question. So we have... Just for the, the audience, we're going to have five questions that we ask, and we're going to definitely go off on tangents, but we're, we really want to make sure that you're getting some really good nuggets of information. So how do you rise above the noise? Finding your niche in PR, how do you help somebody change their perception of them? That's a great question. So for me, I realized I, I was kind of throwing a net out there and seeing like, who did I connect with? What did I really like doing? And I noticed that the clients that were coming to me were all small business women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And they didn't feel like they had a space in PR mm -hmm. and that they had to be, you know, like a Rachel Hollis style figure, an Oprah figure to really kind of, you know, get any media. And for me, I've had discussions with other publicists who've said, oh, I would never take a client like that. But that client for me is crushing it and they're right. getting media and they're getting media <laughs> placement. So, I mean, I think for me, I try to just push out what others are saying, take advice from people like you who we're friends and we, we collaborate <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, I bounce things off of you, you bounce things off of me. I have a couple other girls that I do the same with and, it's that collaboration over competition attitude where I, it helps me rise above all of the noise right now. I think that COVID has made people scared and COVID has made people hold things very close and dear to them and afraid to share. 
But I had an example. I had a call with a very, very, very seasoned publicist. And she only works in the nonprofit space. And I had some friend connections that were not clients, they're just friends. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch you with so-and-so. I'm going to catch you with this. And she was like, you are one of the first people who's ever offered willingly to connect me with people. Wow. I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't expect anything in return. This isn't like a tit for tat. Like, I just want to help you. Like, yeah. some of these people would be perfect for you. And I think that as the newer PR professionals or the professionals who've kind of changed their mindset start to break through, I really feel like there's going to be a big shift in that. I completely agree. I think that's one of the things we've discussed is we approach things a little differently than a lot of publicists. There are a lot of publicists who won't take under a certain amount of money, um, you know, and they're adamant about that, well, that leaves a whole bunch of people out there who really do need PR. And as they grow, we grow, right? And they give us referrals that pay closer to that higher price point or that pay that higher price point. And so it just, it's a snowball effect. I, I can't agree with you more. I'm the same way. I, I sit there and think like, yeah, I could have three clients at these super high retainer prices, but for me, I love serving the small female entrepreneurs and having a roster and having this roster of women who are not only like support me as well, but I mean, I support them, but they support me as well. And we just all have such a great relationship and they refer me to their friends and, you know, and it's really great. I love that. And I think that that's, again, like ties back to that rising above the noise. <laughs> Absolutely. So this maybe this question is a little more obtuse, maybe. What's your secret sauce? My secret sauce. So I have a background in sales and I have a background in event planning like you. <laughs> So um, I was an executive assistant for a really long time and I wore so many hats. Like, I swear, like executive assistant couldn't even like encompass all I did. And I learned so much during that role, like who to contact from, you know, VCs through like event planners at hotels and just different like media outlets. And I feel like for me, my secret sauce is being unapologetic and asking for forgiveness later. And I am the queen of researching and then just introducing myself to certain editors and mm -hmm. certain contributors and just finding where like we align. I, re I reached out to one from Refinery29. She had written this article about how quarantine house shoes were a thing. And I like audibly laughed out loud reading her article and I wrote her and I was like, look, your article spoke to me. I'm a publicist, but I have to tell you, like, I, I told her, like, I bought these slides because I was like, I can wear them around the house and wear them on the balcony. Yeah. And I felt like they were justified and it warranted a reply. And I was so excited. But I think like for me, it's, having those people that you can figure out a way to have a connection with and just sending them an email and saying what's up and not taking it personal if they don't reply to you mm -hmm. that is like that's kind of my thing I'm just gonna say like I go for it I will shoot really high sometimes and it has paid off for a couple of my clients where we even have come back 
like in regroup been like I can't believe they want to work with us and they wrote back oh my god like, awesome. okay cool yeah so I think that sometimes we get really scared and I just kind of have taken the approach like if they don't want to talk to me they're gonna ignore the email or I can't take it personal if there's crickets like it happens and journalists inboxes are flooded but for me I just am who I am so that's kind of my secret sauce is just reaching out and seeing what it grabs and and sometimes it's really great <laughs> I love that and I definitely think a background in sales helps with that because you know, in sales, you have to touch somebody so many times before you're going to get a response. And I've had that happen where I sent out a press release and maybe this was one I sent out, you know, to a lot of people because it was just like, okay, let's just skip, like, let's just throw it out there <laughs> to as many contexts as possible. And a couple months later, you finally get a response. And I didn't take it personally. I was like, yes, okay, this person got off furlough or got back from vacation or whatever their situation, finally was clearing out their inbox and they decided that they needed to write about this person. They needed to interview this person right now. So you just never know where those wins are going to come from. I, I totally agree. And I think that goes back to don't be afraid to make new connections because sometimes your old connections are getting put on new assignments that you don't have any applicable stories for. Okay, I'll give away another secret. There's another secret. <laughs> so <laughs> some of my connections, I've reached out to them in the beginning of COVID. And I said, look, I know that you might have stories you need to write for. And if I don't have someone on my roster, just reach out and I'm happy to help you find someone for that your story. And I've actually had a couple people who write for multiple publications reach out to me and like ask me for referrals and thank oh, me gosh. for being honest and for me it's just that that like rapport like so if they had like a really good if I had a really good story and I was like hey remember that one time I got this person for you <laughs> um I think it's like it, it's like it goes back to like that sales technique but also it's just like trying to be a good person and build those relationships which goes back to another sales technique like people want to trust you and, and feel that you're like real and authentic and if you're just coming from them from the place of like do this for me they're not going to want to do things for you you know I think that like Jen Beerson from the hospital PR approach you know she's always hammered home PR is you know earned media not deserved and that is something I always tell my clients just know this is all earned this is earned 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 it's not deserved like I can't force them to put you on the show. I can't force them to write this article. And it's been great to have set that expectation as well. I love that. I haven't heard that before. And now I'm going to have to use it. <laughs> it's like one of my favorites. And I've, I've pulled the card out a couple of times when, well, how come? <laughs> I love that. It's almost like having to scold somebody like a, a child or, you know, I could use a lot of analogies, <laughs> but I'm like, right. maybe that one wouldn't be, be appropriate. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like the nice way to tell your client, mm -hmm. I got this. Like just, you know, I've also, um, you know, we both know this and um, hopefully most publicists that are listening know this or clients um, are listening that for sometimes one pitch that a publicist throws out, or sorry, a, an editor or contributor throws out and they need a story for, they'll get so many submissions that it's not a personal thing. I have um, 
a writer who works for Fast Company, Ebony, and Forbes, and she emails a certain group of us and is like, here's my story. I need it within 24 hours. Let me know. So I was like, cool. Center the, center the pitch, center the story. 326 people replied. Oh my gosh. One, one inquiry that she needed, and it wasn't from Harrow. This is a personal list. And you can imagine that's like how many of us are like trying to get our people out there and like, you know, we're actively trying. So I took that and I wasn't upset about it. I was like, okay, this lets me know, like, it's not that it's a saturated market. It's that we're in a time where our publicists are, I'm sorry, oh, excuse me, publicists. We're in a time where our contributors and editors are spread so thin yeah. that we just have to give, we just have to be patient with them and give them some laughs and leeway because they're doing the best that they can do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what is your why? We've talked about your what, but what is your why? It's another great question. <laughs> I think my why is to show myself that I can do it and that I can succeed at being my own boss. Um, I have a lot of whys. I want to, you know, make my parents proud of me. I want to, you know, be a role model to others. Um, I want to amplify, I think my biggest why for my business is amplifying women's voices, um, especially those that are of a smaller business and really want to get their name out there. And I like to really be creative and see where my clients' niches lie. And I have some really unique niches on my roster. So it's been really cool to have that challenge and to get them pressed. So I think for me, you know, personally, I have a lot of my own whys, you know, just self-motivation, making my family happy and proud. They work so hard for me. And then for my clients, it's just to continue to amplify them and make them the best they can be in business. I love that. So I want to hear more a little, um, about your, you said you have some different unique clients and niches. What are some of the ones that you can talk about? Sure. Um, so one of my clients, uh, her name is Isabel Mueller. She has a company called Switch Underwear, S-W-T-C-H. And it is revolutionary. It is a underwear that actually Velcros from the side. And if you think about it, you know, there are times that women need to change their underwear, but are wearing pants and can't. And there's a multitude of reasons. And she saw that need and she wanted something that was eco and sustainable, something that was all size inclusive. And I mean, literally from an X, 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 extra small to a 4X. Wow. And she wanted, she wanted also to mitigate the carbon footprint because panty liners are just they fit in landfills and she just said enough's enough and she's an avid camper and avid cyclist and she said there's so many times that she and her friends saw this need and she she was an interior designer and she was an entrepreneur had her own business and nothing in the biz in the in the um you know fashion design space and created this product and it has gotten picked up and people love it it's wow. still it's still in the pre-production phase. It should actually, she should start getting the actual product next month, but it's such a cool and unique product. And I've actually had a leading sex health doctor become 
super interested in the product and want to be a part of the journey with her. So it's been really great. Um, so she is definitely like one of my superstars. Oh my gosh. Well, the, and, and that product could be used everywhere in the world because you think about how many people don't have access, how many girls and women in different countries don't have access to products that they need. And, and yeah, wow. So the, the really great thing about it is when you buy a pack, you don't just buy one, you get two. So let's say you're out, you need a change for some reason, you just take it it's out of your bag and you get a little mesh bag, you put it in there and then you can like wash it when you get home. You think about people who go camping or people in poor countries, like, you know, you're able to wash it by hand. Wow. And the fact that it's made from sustainable products, it's made from bamboo, so it's one of the finest quality products as well. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just so excited for it. It's just so different. And she just did a podcast and the host was like, I can't wait to see you be the next Spanx. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like so excited for her. Um, so yeah, I just like loved that about her. I thought that was so cool. Awesome. I love that. That is really interesting. And I'm definitely going to have to, I know you've told me a little bit about her before. So now I'm going to have to do some more research. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you all of her stuff. She's just a, she's a really cool person too. So you just like, I'm like, I just want to help you like whatever, whatever your goals are, let's get there. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. That's always the most fun part of our jobs. I think. Yes, it is. I just did some client goals last night and put the post-it notes on the board and did their top goals. And then like, you know, publications or networks they want to be on and stuff. And then underneath like just teared them down so I can just start ripping them off as I hopefully yeah. achieve yes. them all. <laughs> love that. Love that. So my last question for you today is what's the best advice you've heard this week that will help you in the future? Oh, I loved this question. <laughs> I did see you send this. So there was a quote I heard on Monday. I literally brought my notebook with me so I would nice. not forget. So the quote was, right now is the best time to create your tomorrow. And I love that because sometimes I get so stuck in my head and I'm so nervous and so worried, like, oh, am I going to be good enough? Or where, oh, where am I at? Like, am I going to be able to take on more clients? Like, can I hire someone? And I feel that I took a CEO day on Wednesday and I kept reading this quote over and over. And I realized right now is the best time to start. I, it, we're in a pandemic. I haven't been affected. My clients have somewhat been affected, but they're all still thriving. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a sign. So I'm going to take that sign and I'm going to keep running with it. Awesome. I love that. So on, on that note, thank you, Natasha, for being on our podcast today. And how can people reach you? So people can reach me at um, on, my, well, on my website, which is www.natashadressler.com. Awesome. You can shoot, shoot me an email at hello at natashadressler.com. And on Instagram, I am Natasha is legit. I love that. Natasha is legit. She really is. She really is. And I'm so glad and grateful to have you as a friend. And same, same girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. And that's it, folks. We'll tune in next time. Want more tips and tricks? Check us out online at www.annikapr.com, on social media at Annika Jackson PR, 
or join our three-month PR Incubator Bootcamp for small businesses via www.princubator.com.